Andy Farrell, are you watching? Sport is so fickle, and you know this more than anyone, Quinny. Like, you know, you're either on top of the world or you're down in the doldrums. The Red 78 with Alan Quinlan and Neve Briggs. Subscribe to the rugby channel on the OTB Sports app and turn on your notifications now. Welcome along. Tuesday evenings off the ball. Joe Malloy with you. We'll have Tom English of BBC Scotland on the football show talking about tomorrow's midweek evening kickoff Old Firm Derby first one in 11 years and an interesting title race developing as well so Tom English on the way between 9 and 10 Eric Donovan after 8 o'clock on all things boxing his next fight Katie Taylor at Madison Square Garden and the latest moves in the heavyweight division all up for discussion with Eric Brendan Doyle had very big dreams of the Winter Olympics he has missed out in the most heartbreaking fashion we're going to chat to Brendan on the show this evening as well and of course Tom Brady Tom Brady's officially announced his retirement seven Super Bowls and 22 years later Tara Sullivan of the Boston Globe is going to join us 53106 the text number we're at off the ball on Twitter Richie McCormick hello evening Joe Will O'Callaghan 22 years Will I can't imagine doing anything for 22 years let alone playing in the NFL yeah I mean to be 44 years of age and to be in contention this year to be named the league MVP to have added to those eight 84,000 passing yards that he got over his 22-year career by putting a few extra thousand onto it this season. You're getting to 624 NFL career touchdowns and setting effectively, Joe, every meaningful passing record that's ever been set in the history of the game. Like, we're all accused of recency bias when it comes to us deciding that someone is the greatest of all time. But you look at Tom Brady, who's got 19 more playoff wins than the next player behind, who's Joe Namath, who has possibly got the argument to be the next best quarterback of all time He's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. The only thing is, I wonder how annoyed Tom Brady is that all this got leaked on Saturday by Adam Schefter and the rest of the team at ESPN, who let the cat out of the bag the night before the championship games took place on Sunday, which meant that everyone got to talk about Tom Brady and Tom Brady's impending retirement before Tom Brady got the chance to announce it himself. I'm sure a multi-picture Instagram post was not the intention that Tom Brady would have had uh, to go out with his seven Super Bowl rings in tow this week. Well, there's something very striking about his statement as well in that it's lengthy, which is fair enough, and he thanks the books, his books teammates, books fans, City of Tampa Bay, the Glazer family, the Buccaneers GM, the Buccaneers coach, the rest of the Buccaneers coaching staff, the remainder of the book's staff and employees, his personal trainer, Alex Guerrero, his agents, Don Yee and Steve Dubin, his parents, his extended family, his wife and his children, not a single mention of the Patriots in his entire statement. I mean, it's the most pointed sign-off that I can think of. 20 years of the Patriots, two years of the books. It's like he's left the books, not like he's retired from the sport. That struck me, Richie, as all at work. It'll be interesting to see what Tara Sullivan says at half seven, but I would think uh, the Boston Globe will be noting this amongst others. Yeah, I don't think it's gone down too badly with uh, with Robert Kraft, the Patriots owner. I mean, he's put out his own statement thanking uh, Brady for, for all he did for the franchise down through the years, which is, you know, incredible. You think of what they were before um, Belichick and uh, Brady's arrival there and for them to turn into serial Super Bowl winners is just absolutely unbelievable. Um, so Kraft has gone and taken the high ground uh, this evening and released a statement practically calling him uh, pretty much his second son or another son to him uh, this evening. So mm-hmm. 
I wouldn't read too much into it. I think that, oh, I think there might be a separate. I think there might be a separate uh, statement from Brady as regards his his Pat's past, but it was all books, books, books as far as his um his retirement. I, I honestly didn't think he'd be one for the notes app retirement. If I'm being honest, mm. I thought he would have been. I thought I thought he would have been classier. I thought there would have been some kind of network special for Tom Brady to announce this. Maybe a sit down with Oprah, or seeing as it's 2022, he could have released his official retirement announcement as an NFT. Um, all of these things are kind of slightly better than going nine pages on Twitter. Yes, fair point. Uh, Will, I am reading bad blood into the way he didn't thank the Patriots at all or mention them at all. Yeah, look, the fact there's no Kraft, there's no Belichick, there's no Patriots, there's no Patriot Nation within the statement which he has put up. I kind of wondered, there was always this talk over the last week or so about the fact that there was $15 million potentially on the table if he stayed around as a book for a third season next year. And with the way that Brady finished the season, I mean, a remarkable pass right at the end of the divisional conference game against the Rams, which probably should have got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers overtime, but for one of the last minute kicks a couple of weekends ago, denied them a chance to uh, go to the championship game again that you know Brady went out in pretty good form like in his 40s he was putting in physical numbers which beat the ones in his early 20s which maybe explains an awful lot about the way that he was drafted well down the draft it's uh, well known 199 was his position and six quarterbacks went ahead of him which is why you've got the ESPN 30 for 30 which is called the Brady 6 which if anyone hasn't seen it so far it's well worth the watch it's probably well worth the read after what's happened today of the dynasty as well the book that came out a couple of years ago talking about the Patriots where genuinely Robert Kraft speaks in that book about Tom Brady basically being a son within his family effectively he's the guy who steered that franchise to six Super Bowl titles came narrowly away from winning a couple of others and he was the guy that you know along with Belichick created the dynasty that was at the New England Patriots and all the success they had for him to leave them out I kind of wonder was there part of Brady thinking that he would go back up to New England sometimes Mm. they do this in American sport where they have a symbolic contract which is for a month or for a game or something like that and it means that he doesn't retire as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer but he'd actually retire as a Patriot at the end of his career I was wondering if that was part of the thinking given that at least the New England Patriots had that picture of him on a boat going off into the sunset with his rings which went up pretty quickly afterwards and as Richie mentioned Robert Kraft has already posted himself and I think react underneath this post as well which would indicate there's not entirely bad blood but it does it does feel very strange and it's an elephant in the room where they're not where they're not mentioned at all within it you know yeah brady tweeted this evening about an hour ago saying thank you patriots nation heart emoji i'm beyond a grateful love you all and that's it quote tweeting the the patriot statement from robert Kraft. so he's he's clearly not all thank you uh, thank you thank you to my afterthought team oh i played for the patriots too Uh, it is outrageous. Joe, what, though. Yeah. what would you what, what would you be doing though if you're releasing a statement like that and you go around uh, profusely thanking your ex-wife? It doesn't necessarily go down that well with your current wife, I'd imagine. Uh, but yeah, books that's, that's would the under- I think the books would understand a line or two. Uh, so uh, first Super Bowl O two, then O four O five. You don't really associate Brady with a 10-year gap. There was a 10-year gap with two Super Bowl defeats in there, admittedly, and a perfect season in 07 and the build-up to the 08 Super Bowl. But there was a 10-year gap nonetheless, and then 15, 17, 19, 21. So, I mean, second half of his career is absolutely outrageous. And he goes at 44 years of age. So we'll talk to Tara Sullivan of the Boston Globe about that. And needless to say, I think everybody's fairly familiar at this stage. He was uh, a mere sixth-round pick in the 2000 draft uh, the 199th most desired player at the time which is uh, just proven inexact science all that is I just Joe, uh, yeah go on 
I was just going to say, Joe, imagine the reason that the decade or so where New England were coming up short isn't put back on Brady was because of how consistent Brady was over that period. And this yeah. is why he will be remembered as one of the great sports people of all time, not just one of the great NFL players of all time, yeah. in that he was excellent in the Super Bowl that they lost against Philadelphia. The year that they went with the unbeaten season until eventually Eli Manning and the New York Giants beat him in the Super Bowl. Again, that year himself and Randy Moss broke all manner of records during it. Both those defeats weren't down on Tom Brady. Like yeah. Tom Brady goes to 10 Super Bowls, he wins Super Bowl MVP in five of them. Probably one of the ultimate big game players in any sport of all time. Uh, parking things like Deflategate and his uh, very vocal love of Donald Trump for a moment, my general sense is most people didn't seem to like Brady. I always did. I was always, I found myself rooting for him in matches. I was watching the comebacks, the excellence. I, I kind of, I, I, I certainly didn't dislike him the way lots of people uh, did. There seemed to be a visceral reaction against Brady in, in huge quarters out there, and maybe by extension, the Patriots. Will, where were you on the Brady? Love him or loathe him? Uh, kind of like a grudging respect I think throughout his career because of what he was able to do where I don't think any other quarterback ends up 28 points to three down against Atlanta in that Super Bowl and still comes back to steer his team to victory this is like for some reason himself and Gronk just seem to have telepathy where at different times when either with Tampa Bay or with New England the chips were down he would find Gronk in space somehow mm. or he would find one of those receivers over the years he was just such an incredible player against the odds and I can't so why, why, why the grudging why grudging because New England were so successful and because Brady was winning absolutely everything like we like to okay. see the love being spread around I think a bit in the NFL but how could you ever begrudge a guy who comes in not particularly as an outstanding pick has to come in mid-season because of an injury, ends up going to a quarterback in his maiden season and ends up winning the Super Bowl and then goes on to be so successful at a time where New England oftentimes had to just trade people away because of the system within the NFL uh, draft as well. And yet Brady could still make them a consistent team that were challenging for honours for two decades. Like It's just, it's crazy stuff, really. Mm. Rich, were you uh, an admirer of Brady or was it very grudging? No, it it, it's it, yeah it'd be grudging like you, I mean you can't really deny somebody who's been that good for that long like you can't deny their quality or that they are have, have worked exceptionally hard at their craft I mean that's just evident and um, the subjective thing is is whether or not you like him and he's just not there's, there's no warmth there the, and there doesn't seem to be a great deal of personality either be, uh, beyond the game he's mm. not somebody that you could you could you could warm to you can imagine in a social setting like he's he's very automaton like um, from the outside looking in from a jealousy point of view there'd be others who say he's, he's got this perfect life he's got the perfect wife perfect family he's been so successful for so years so many years can he not just shuffle along please um, but you, you can't argue with the facts and the numbers and the Avengers Super Bowl rings that he's won and not single handedly but certainly he had a major role in I think he's MVP in in four or five, five Super Bowls yeah. out of those seven. So, so it's just like it's it's incredible. But is he a likable character? Like absolutely not. And you throw in the Deflategate stuff on top of that. You throw in the Trump love on top of that. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't be in a rush to have that one of my time soon to be honest. Okay. Okay. Five three one six. I'm curious. What's the general mood out there on Brady, the person? We should start the news round. It is brought to you by Gillette. Put your best face forward with our new and improved razors. Uh, Richie, you're starting with an update on the Mason Greenwood situation. 
Yeah, Mason Greenwood has been further arrested by Greater Manchester Police on suspicion of sexual assault and threats to kill. The Manchester United forward was originally arrested on Sunday after social media posts from a woman accused him of physical abuse. Greater Manchester Police have been granted further time again to question Greenwood. That's until tomorrow. They've also asked the public once again to refrain from comment on the case. In response to the latest update, pardon me, Manchester United released a new statement this evening saying the club reiterates its strong condemnation of violence of any kind as previously communicated Mason Greenwood will not train or play with the club until further notice. Okay. Poor Igmire then. Yes, took a lot of people by surprise this morning. The Tipperary hurler Podrick Mara has announced his retirement at the age of 33. The third of Sarsfields club man won all Ireland medals with the Premier in 2010, 2016 and then again in 2019. Mara has been forced to quit on medical grounds following a neck injury. Tip manager Colin Bonner described his decision as a complete shock while Lark Corbett described Mara as the best he's ever seen play for the county. Along with his trio of all Ireland medals, Mara won six All-Stars and five Munster titles. But in cheerier news for Tip, John Bubbles Dwyer could return to the panel later this month. He was left out of Bonner's original 34-man squad due to a knee injury. However, it appears O'Dwyer's injury is not as bad as first feared, meaning he could be fit for the start of the Munster Championship. Okay, so complete shock there is the verdict to Colin Bonner. Far from a nice one, Will. That's a big loss. Yeah, um, one of the real greats, Joe. I think if I was picking a half-back line of hurlers that I've seen in the flesh over the last 25, 30 years, I would definitely have him in my half-back line, probably with Tommy Walsh and with Brian Whelan. That's how good Potty Mara is. An outstanding young full-back when he was coming through, winning All-Ireland titles at minor in 06 and 07, delivered on all that potential by being part of that Tipperary under-21 group that came through to become instant hits, really, as senior players. He started off in the full-back line with the Tipperary team. Yeah having captain tip to All-Ireland's success in 2010 at that level and then he goes straight into the team the Tipperary stopped Kilkenny doing five in a row as a young player he was on to lose three further finals against Kilkenny but his last All-Ireland finals that worked out was the victory in 2019 when he made that remarkable block early in the game from Walter Walsh and a lot of people have been sharing around pictures of Potty Marr across the afternoon and little video clips and the funny ones are at least three or four of them are him without having a hurl in his hand and just jumping in front of opponents with his hands to try and block them down uh, particularly the Waterford one where he's gone out to chase what should be a lost cause uh, the ball is out in the sideline shouldn't be in any kind of scorable position and Paulie Maher the centre half back for Tipperary is jumping forward with no hurl to try and block the ball with his hands which probably sums up how good Paulie Maher was like, he goes out not just as one of the best defenders and definitely one of the best halfbacks of all time but right up there as one of Tipperary's best ever six all-stars puts him on a level with Nicky English and with Owen Kelly he won an all-star in every other year that he was playing and it's just desperately sad that he's not going to be able to play for Thurlis Sarsfields either because this medical advice says that he has to give up contact sport entirely and for any player in the peak of their fitness and like he kept himself in very good nick being a Garda as well it's very difficult for Paddy Mara to have to go from I would think getting ready to play this season and now not being able to play contact sport at all mm. um, there was still plenty of hurling left in him and I think for if you're Colin Bonner and you're coming in I know they need to blood new players this year and one of the arguments Joe against the last year of Sheedy last season was that they didn't integrate enough of their under 21s in the last two or three years into the team you're now left from that 2010 side with just Bonner Maher who's coming back thankfully from injury Seamus Callanan and Noel McGrath are now the only players left from that side in 2010 so it's a new wave in Tipperary and there was plenty of suggestion that Paddy Maher might even play a different role and might be off the bench or might even go further up the field I think he's a player that Colin Bonner would love to have had around this year to just help some of the players settle into positions around him. Okay. Ed Sheeran, Rich. 
Yeah, his concerts have forced two of Cork's championship matches out of Porky Cueve this summer. The Munster Hurling Championship clash with Cork and Clare has been moved to Semple Stadium and the following week's football meeting of Cork and Kerry will be played instead of Porky Rin. In last year's annual report, a €536,000 loss was reported for the stadium but sits at around €2 million when depreciation and interest are factored in. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't going to go down great. Like we're not talking league matches here. Championship Cork matches, not at Porky Cueve because of Ed Sheeran. It's nuts. Like, and and it's the the first thing that sprung to mind because I did the story. Uh, it would have been in the middle of December, I think, and when Kevin O'Donovan's reports, the Cork uh, County CEO uh, put out his annual report last year, and the numbers that are involved in Porky Cueve and the debt that it is has still engulfing it are just staggering. And for them to take these decisions to to rob Peter to pay Paul to essentially they put they they point out that gigs do help service uh, the debt on the stadium and do help you know their their finances on a more general level, but you have to have the two of them side by side. You have to be able to play games at the stadium as well as staging concerts there because otherwise you're just not making any traction on the money owed at all. Um, like I'm sure there are massive site fees from the likes of Aiken who are who are obviously renting out uh, the arena for for these gigs. But like that that half a million and two million uh, when you factor in depreciation and and interest, like that's nothing to be sneezed at, and that doesn't go away overnight. No, it doesn't. I would think the county board are really hoping this doesn't capture the imagination and become a new bridge or nowhere type cause for the Cork public because the starting point for a stadium will is that it can host. Cork matches not least in the championship and so it's a sign of just how much trouble they seem to have got themselves into if they're prioritising the finances over the you know first principle of a stadium here which is to host those matches yeah, and like only to host a few championship matches per year, realistically, especially with the new system that's now in place. It's not going to be needed all that often. And I think it's six days after the Ed Sheeran concert that that championship game is due to be played. So I'm sure there's going to be plenty of arguments to say, why can't it be turned around in time to be ready for a championship game? Or maybe go to Munster Council and try and get the date moved around a little bit. It, it just seems crazy. But then again, this is what happens when you spend tens of millions on a stadium that's used a few times a year for big Gaelic games matches, and then you require these kind of one-off games to bring in the extra money to try and service the debt as Richie said but it was a couple of years ago when Ed Sheeran was there maybe three years ago now when the pitch got ripped up as well didn't it? Remember they had to they had yeah. a concert there and they ended up having to spend most of the summer doing remedial works on the pitch and like to their credit I've been down to the park a few times since once it was kind of done once and they realised where the sunlight was falling on the pitch and all that kind of stuff it's a great surface now but that was after a concert too I, I can't imagine the Cork public are going to be in any way happy about this because they're going to be having to pay for the stadium for the next 20, 30 years as well when they realised where the sunlight hit the stadium like was the sun not fairly consistent no uh, it, I, again I don't understand the absolute minute all stadiums have had this it's rising yeah. in the east yeah, yeah. Uh, no, they I'm had the same they, they used to have the same problem with the San Siro oh, they used to have the enough, same problem okay. with the San Siro where they realised that oh god once we put a roof on this thing it means it's not getting as much sunlight but you know okay. again I think the pitch issue predated the shearing gigs but the shearing gigs didn't make it any better so they had to rip the whole thing up and and start again the new surface is grand but like again it needs to have matches played on it not that shearing gigs <laughs> <laughs> That's a good mantra for it's life. It's a hell of a sentence. I never thought you'd say that. Uh, so uh, before we begin to wrap up, interesting move for Jeff Hendrick then. 
Yeah, Jeff Hendricks says he's moved to QPR in an effort to play more first-team football. The Republic of Ireland midfielder completed a deadline day move to the Championship Promotion Ophels last night. Hendrick had played just 70 minutes of Premier League football for Newcastle this season. Meanwhile, Jamie McGrath is being presented to the Wigan Athletic fans tonight. Wigan officials met with their St Mirren counterparts in the halfway house of Carlisle yesterday to get the deal over the line. McGrath was out of contract at the Scottish Premiership Club this summer and has cost Wigan apparently uh, a paltry €120,000. That could be very good business. We're going to chat to we're going to chat to Jamie McGrath at some stage in the next uh, week or so on the show. And as for Hendrick Will, I mean, I guess the point is he's been very good for Ireland of late and this means first team football admittedly slightly lower level but first team football nonetheless so it's potentially not a bad move from an Irish perspective No, Stephen Kenny would be very happy he was frozen it entirely at Newcastle and then the hope was when Eddie Howe came in that perhaps there might be at least until January when Newcastle were always going to open up the checkbook anyway that there might be a place for Jeff Hendrick but he just didn't get into the game limited game time then that was affecting his form on top of that to be to his credit though for the Republic of Ireland in the window last autumn despite the fact that he was getting no game time for Newcastle I thought he actually played quite well in the game time he got for the Republic of Ireland but no bad thing for him to be getting game time when some of the other Irish midfielders like Conor Howran haven't been playing a whole lot either so hopefully this means that Jeff Hendrick gets minutes into the legs before the Nations League yeah uh, some great texts in tonight for instance Brady's the goat McCormack sounds like an old goat <laughs> Jesus that's bad uh, fellas on that note we're out of time Richie thank you thank you Joe Will O'Callaghan thanks very much take it easy lads